Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Take it away, Blake. We're going to shake off all these cobwebs. Welcome. Nope. Nope. Welcome. (laughs) Fuck. I forgot how to podcast and I do it like every other day. Welcome to Discographology, the show where we are back. Back, back. baby. Ayo. The long-awaited fan-demanded season two. <laughs> By popular demand. <laughs> By popular fandom. Popular. They were clamoring for it. So welcome to season two, pregame number one. Ahead of our very first series, spearheaded by me, Blake, your favorite drummer. For this episode, I'm calling this pregame Wonderkins. Our first artist is got her start at a very young age, began writing her first album and recording it when she was a teenager, started playing music much younger than that, but without revealing too much. I'm revealing this at the end of the I was going to say, I figured right? you'd yeah. reveal it at the end. And by the way, it's Wonderkind, right? Not Wonder Kid. Well, W-U-N-D-E-R-K-I-N-D. I'll, I'll get into the, the okay. word in a second. The etymology leader. But I'm not giving away the artist. I'm just telling you a little bit about the artist. Yes. Um, and how it relates to the concept of the Wonderkind, because I do consider our first artist a Wonderkind, and it got me thinking, you know, she is not by a long shot the first great musical artist to get their start at a very young age. Um, and I thought, let's... Let's really get into these uh, youngsters and list some of our our favorites. There's a long tradition of talented children getting uh, an early jump start on a musical career. So Wunderkind, uh, from the German word Wunderkind, and I'm just speculating that that's how it's pronounced, uh, literally means wonder child. And it's a synonym for child prodigy a child who produces meaningful output to the level of an adult expert performer. Most of the old-fashioned usage of this word is talking about Mozart and other people from hundreds of years ago who could, like, play the piano upside down at, at age five. I'm not saying that our picks here have to be that, but we, I, I kind of opened up the definition of, of Wonderkind to whatever, however you want to define it, just someone who's, who starts young. And I was thinking, have we... Have, we've kind of dealt a little bit with, with Wonderkins on the on the show before. The shags. Uh, I was going to say, the shags, <laughs> the shags were almost an opposite of Wonderkind. They were, <laughs> it was not by, it was not by their choice that they were playing. <laughs> and the level of talent is, is obviously debatable. So okay, never mind that. But it got me, they got me thinking about it. The, there's also, all this can, can go under what uh, can be called Juven, uh, juvenilia? juvenilia juvenile what like so the body of work of some i i found this word when i was looking at um bjork's early work like her first uh her that first blew record my that, mind yeah people don't tend to know that bjork for, released her first album when she was 11 it's a whole thing i'm not getting into it but 
Wikipedia classified it as juvenilia and thus not part of her official solo discography. Anyway, before we get into all that, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about what the band's doing? Sure. We can talk about what the band's doing. And uh, well, I think most of what the band's been doing uh, has been sort of, well, we've, okay, since we took the break, we've recorded some, right? Um, Yeah. Mainly worked on some vocal stuff on on my end and Matt's end. Vocals Um, and guitars. Guitar. And then then Blake has been working his fingers to the bone, uh, (laughs) (laughs) mixing and also doing some vocal stuff, right? Uh, What have you been doing, Blake, with with the recording? My my vocals are still uh, in the works. I did a bunch, but I've still got more to do. I've done a ton of editing. There's some um, interesting surprise instruments yet to be named that'll be on this. Oh, so this yeah, EP, yeah. We've recorded some of that, too. This EP slash LP, whatever it's going to end up being, it's it's become like the all the all the music band meme things that I follow. <laughs> all, they all make jokes about, like, my EP uh, is coming out next year, and it's the EP that you work on for your entire life. I think it, maybe it's one of those. <laughs> but we can't, we can't be blamed if there was a, a global pandemic that postponed our, the making of our our album a little bit although so. since we have started to get back together to practice again we've we've done yes. a couple practices um trying to shake the rust off and uh get back in the habit of of playing all in the room together which right i don't think we had done since what march of since last year march 2020 so <laughs> over a year we finally got back in a room together and played music uh it was wild uh yeah that's the most socializing i've done in a long time but you know it was, it was like a riding a bike type of thing just kind of right mm-hmm. back into the <laughs> the old the old standards felt good yeah yeah um anybody else have thoughts on on what we've been up to not we, just music but we we do have we have yeah. some new t-shirts for sale yeah. and that we are hawking right now so if you would like one of those we have sizes small to 2xl they're 20 dollars. so message us if you would like one and we can meet up with you if you're in the springfield area or we can mail them out to you whichever works for you so uh yeah we're trying to post a little bit more content on our youtube page so be checking that out uh more of that slash discographology um that's about all I know, I'm excited for the new songs. Uh, from what I've heard of the mixes uh, that we have, it's it's really shaping up. So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, on on that note, uh, once the album or EP or whatever it is is done, right. uh, we've talked about doing some different things with that, like how we're going to release it. We haven't really quite settled on on exactly how that will come out, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it here. But uh, the shirts are kind of a nice. Uh, I don't know, uh, a thing to put out there into the world uh, since we're still working on music. And then yeah. once that right. gets done, we can figure out how it'll all work together. And, and uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll we'll let everybody know, but we're, we're definitely uh, plotting um, and, and working on some schemes and such with that. I should uh, give a shout out to the Bookhouse and Christopher Bivens for mm. uh, making those shirts for us. So he did a great job. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we want to talk about what we've been listening to and, sure. and, and picking up and that kind yeah. of thing. Uh, I It's yeah. been a while since we obviously uh, last recorded, and, and we're not going to go through every single thing that we 
you know, nope. uh, have have purchased. I can tell you, I've purchased quite a bit since the last time. <laughs> so, some of us more than others, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to get into all that, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say the last two things I've purchased, which I actually got in the last uh, couple days, um, and and one of them I sent you guys a text about, but I. Uh, I'm going to see this new documentary about the band Sparks that Edgar Wright has done. I'm going to see that tomorrow with Beth. And I never really had listened to Sparks before seeing the trailer for this documentary and got kind of intrigued by them, looked some songs up. And, and their number one song on Spotify is a song called This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us. It's very kind of glam rock kind of sound mm-hmm. and uh the album that that is on is called kimono my house which i think is supposed to be like a play <laughs> on come on to my house i don't know maybe the documentary uh, come over to yeah kimono my house uh but i ended up just kind of stumbling across it yesterday at heavy heads um looking at actually i was looking between uh looking around the springsteen and Soundgarden area and just happened <laughs> to see this sparks album that, that that's I a good place to be had been been on my mind and so i was like hey picked that up and it's good it's very glam rocky um just kind of weird they're two brothers i'm excited to see this documentary and and I, I'm glad I got it because I know after the documentary I'm gonna be like, oh, I need to listen to some Sparks, you know. And then now that I have this, it's it's a nice uh, kind of foot in the door. And then uh, the other thing is for Father's Day, Beth got me a copy of an album that I used to have, and stupidly in my younger days uh, traded to somebody, uh, and and then later regretted that. Um, so she. I think she heard me talking about how I regretted that, and she ordered it for me. It's uh, Nick Drake, his album Brighter Lighter, which I had a pretty nice copy of back in the day that I had gotten before the vinyl um, boom that we're in now, and so I probably got it pretty cheaply, actually. Uh, But then ended up trading it to our friend Ben um, years ago, and so she picked that up for me, a, a new copy of it, and it, that's, it's a good album. It's very folky. has a couple songs on there that have been on some soundtracks, uh, Garden State and uh, Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack. And um, it's just a, it's a good, it's kind of almost like a, a Sunday morning kind of listen. It's just very folky and laid back. Uh, produced by Joe Boyd, who would go on to produce some different REM stuff. So that's what I've been listening to, my latest uh, purchases. Uh, what about you, Matt? You've been listening to anything or picked anything up in the recent past? I don't remember if I'd gotten my uh, unknown pleasures. Um, <laughs> the last time we talked? <laughs> yeah. The last yeah. time we had talked. Per- perhaps I had. Uh, so i you know, still been jamming to that. Uh, the wife, uh, Lacey and I have been on a killer's kick of late. Uh, we, we like mm. to go out, uh, to Dairy Queen and, and, uh, <laughs> we've been jamming to, uh, the killer's greatest hits. I've looked around for hot fuss, uh, and Sam's town. And, uh, I think both of those were, were records that, uh, for original vinyl releases, it was, it was in that, that, that trough where 
the fewest records were being made and the, and therefore the the original pressings are are uh, you know pretty hard to find uh, i know josh uh, you're talking about records we we traded um i i had given you that copy of uh morning view uh Hell yeah that that uh that you and beth have been enjoying and i'm glad that you guys are enjoying it but uh, <laughs> another one that that uh is is from that era where where records were were few and far between and and thank goodness we're we're not there anymore. Also put on uh, kind of from a somewhat similar area a little bit er, a little bit earlier. Uh, put on the Third Eye Blind self titled. Um, I may have talked about that record mm. before on this program, uh, but um, I, I just can't say enough. I, f- folks on Twitter would have uh, heard me um, in real time a couple of days ago when I I remarked <laughs> that. Uh, Everyone, I think, probably has heard about uh, the incident where they, they had handed out flyers of, uh, you know, you need to learn our faces. We, we won't be wearing oh, any yeah. VIP tags. And <laughs> f- famous asshole Stephen Jenkins. Uh, but right. all of that aside, that's a that's a phenomenal phenomenal pop rock record obviously you know it's yeah. one that that hits you right in the right time uh and, and that that might cloud judgment but i i just can't can't say enough about it it's a classic so yeah obviously a million things have been acquired since last we did this but uh i'll highlight an interesting um incident i got a uh they they re-released paramore's album riot on this uh, silver vinyl. I don't know, it's like a 15th anniversary, maybe. They sent it to me basically bent in half. Ooh. And I I think, I'm going to say that this one was a United States Postal Service thing. So uh, luckily, when I sent them an email about it, they, they sent me out a replacement very quickly. So I was able, I, I, ha- I have it now, and it, it sounds good. I need to actually send them that busted up one. I don't know why they want it back, but they want me to send it Is back. Is the anyway. record itself literally broken? No, it's just like bent into like a taco shape. Really? Weird. Yeah. Have you never you've I, got I a record you sent that's us a picture. bent? Yeah, I think I did. It's like bent as hell. <laughs> the whole box is just like they really huh. they done fucked it up bad. Um I'm I think I was the only one of us maybe that participated in the most recent record store day. You would be correct. I believe so. <laughs> no one else. I, I did sh- stop by and look at the the scraps, but I didn't you know, yeah. get anything. I there's nothing that I wanted, and oh, I had to work. And yeah, I worked yeah. too, but I had luckily. Okay, so my amazing wife was kind enough to go and um, get some things, and while I was working, and we have. Our awesome friend Katie in Baltimore was nice enough to actually pick us up some things there that weren't here and ship them to us. It's it's part of like a late belated birthday present to Jess. Anyway, what we got overall, um, Rage Against the Machine live album, Battle of Mexico City. Ooh, uh, how have you listened to it? Not yet. Uh, it's got Zapata's blood, right? Hell Rarity. yeah, it does. Rarity. I believe so. Yeah, I need to I need to pop that shit on. It's a nice uh, two green and red discs. Um Tomb Raider original soundtrack uh because I'm a really big fan of the U2 song Elevation and it's Tomb Raider <laughs> remix. <laughs> no, there's a 9 inch nail song called Deep that's not on any other record that's on there. <laughs> so now, now I got to have that the, Tomb Raider vinyl. 
is this the Angelina Jolie vehicle uh, yes. <laughs> soundtrack it's not too? The, or, okay. It's the 2001, I guess it's the 20th anniversary of this damn thing. I remember going to the movie theater and seeing the dumb thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> I walked Gar- out of one of them. Oh, I think I, it's only I bet w- you did. I it was like one or two movies that I've ever actually walked out of, and it was it was uh, one of them was the Tomb Raider movie. Pro- I didn't see the sequel, but it's probably that one. Not not mm. that the first one was good. Um, we got the new garbage thing uh, that was released. Uh, the thing I wanted most was the Heim seven inch gasoline. Yeah, I would and have liked that one. It was I wanted it so fucking bad. It was not here. It was not in Baltimore where our friend looked. And now these fucking scalpers are just uh I hate them. It, anyway. <laughs> God, I hate them. Yep. <laughs> Why did they do this evil garbage? Anyway, that's my soapbox and I'm excited for a few more things next record store day. We'll talk about that then. Yeah. It's coming up. Logan, what about you? Well, uh, I haven't really purchased a whole lot, actually, since we last uh, got together. But a few things. I did get the uh, Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem soundtrack uh, from Waxwork this year, and that was pretty cool. It has some great artwork. I I feel like that's one of the uh, big selling points for it. It just... The vinyl's awesome, and it's just it's it's kind of got an e- eclectic mix on there, as you would expect. The Rob Zombie vinyl, uh, you sent us some pictures. That Lords of Salem looks awesome. Like oh yeah, the art yeah. and everything. Whoever did that, it's a nice package. It's it's sure. crazy, and it even comes with like another little. It comes with another twelve inch. That's some like some death like death metal album. Um, hmm. I listen, it was it was kind of cool. Um, I also picked up the Van Weezer album. And on hot pink vinyl, and that's been an interesting listen. Uh, I'm sure Josh uh, and I could probably to it. go on about that for a while. Um, but there's a there's some good tracks for sure. I picked up the new Zombie album, uh, Liquid Crystal. Uh, so that's been spinning a lot. And Josh uh, picked up for me a Julie Cruz 12 uh, inch mm. single from 1989, the Rockin' Back Inside My Heart. Wow. Uh, so that was really cool. He, that was a that was a nice find. Um, but other than that, I've just been making some playlists privately, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. And I did uh, top twenty Weezer songs, which I thought Josh was going to do. I did. Right? I did. One. You did. Oh, you did. Yeah. It, oh, I did as well. We, all right. I was waiting for you. So yeah, we. I thought uh, I we, sent that. Yeah, I'll send it to you if if uh, it's still there. It's on YouTube as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, we might have to have a a little one-off episode on on that where you and i talk about those top 20 songs um but yeah other than that that's all i've been up to nice do you want to mention the uh fatherton show uploaded to youtube uh you get a blast from the past or oh uh is that private (laughs) no 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 um i've been sitting on a lot of fatherton footage that i still still need to go through um but my good buddy matt smith who plays bass in the video uh, he had sent me this that he had on his computer, and I revisited and kind of fell in love with it because it was just kind of short, sweet. We were opening for like three other bands, so it's only like 30 minutes, and you know we just kind of bang it out, and it was fun to go back and listen and watch and and see that. So I uploaded that to uh, my YouTube, Logan Williams Music, so you can check that out there if you'd like. I might check that out after this. I got to see that. 
Nice. And and Logan, I can tell you in the video, looks very young. So much so, you oh, might man. say he's a wonderkind in the video. <laughs> I was just trying to segue <laughs> us into wonderkinds here. He's... He was 12 years old yes. at the time. It was 2005. So, I asked my bandmates here to pick a wunderkind, uh, a child prodigy, based on their own definition of it. And uh, Josh, do you have a wunderkind? I only say it the right way. I I very much do. I'm excited about mine. So I don't think anybody else picked this one. I can safely say this. (laughs) Um, So my wunderkind, I don't know how to say it. (laughs) What was that, Borat? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a Romanian word, right? Uh, Not Romanian. He's uh, Kazakhstan. Um, He's Kazakh, yeah. No, uh, anyway, regardless... I picked Ben Queller. Has anybody ever listened to Ben Queller before? No. I know of Ben Queller. I, I'm sure you do so far as me. I know that you like Ben Queller. <laughs> yeah. So Ben Queller uh, is this musician. He still plays, but he formed a band called Radish when he was 12. Um, and there's a lot more to his story as far as playing music goes. I know he, I think he started playing music before the age of 12, but Radish has formed at that age. At 16, his band got signed to a label and released an album called Restraining Bolt, uh, in 97 was the year that came out. And they had a hit, kind of a minor hit in the UK with a song called Little Pink Stars, opened for Faith No More at the Reading Festival. (laughs) And again, he was only 16 at this point. Wow. Um, There's actually a pretty funny clip from the Weird Al show. If you remember the old Weird Al Yankovic show. Oh, yeah. Where they are on it. And like, I don't know exactly the context for it because the clip kind of starts mid segment but the band is like kidnapped or something by weird al and he forces them (laughs) to play a song and they play little pink stars um now i didn't know anything about ben queller or radish when they were having this sort of uh i guess somewhat of a achieved somewhat of a status at that point um he came to my attention in about 2002 when he put out his first solo album which was called Shaw Shaw. Uh, and I picked that album up probably when I was a senior in high school and just loved it. It's very much Weezer-esque kind of power pop. It's funny to think that he was kind of like an industry veteran at that point. <laughs> he was only 21 years old. <laughs> it's one of Dale like Gribble's his... favorite records. <laughs> yeah, Shaw Shaw. Uh, he is actually <laughs> from sand. Texas. Now that I say that, he is a Texan. So, um, okay. but it's very kind of Weezer-esque. Um, great songs on there like Wasted and Ready and Commerce Texas is another song on there. Lizzie, which is a great one. I think I'd even downloaded some like demos he had put out uh, before that from like Kazaa or one of those. Um, what's funny though is so I <laughs> I got that album. I really, really liked it. That's when I found Radish and found the song Little Pink Stars, which is the song, and I think, Matt, if you heard it, you would agree, it's the song I wish I had written at 16. It it sounds like songs I was trying to write and failing at writing, but it's just a great little piece of, like, Weezer-esque power pop, and it's crazy to think he was only 16 when he did that. Um, I don't really, I haven't really followed him lately, although I will occasionally check stuff out when he releases it. Uh, I know last year he put out a song called Stars that I liked pretty well. Ironically, you know, Stars. Little stars. stars? 
but yeah, that album Shaw Shaw is great. And if you haven't look up Radish Little Pink Stars, it is a good piece of '90s alt rock. And yeah, that's my Wonderkin, Ben Queller. I've literally never heard of him. Am I stupid? <laughs> no, he kind of looks like a, a mutual. F- I always used to think he looked like a, a mutual friend of ours, Justin from Nixa. <laughs> Just look him up oh, sometime. From my old band. Yeah, from your old band. Look him up and you I'll see if you think that. But that's kind of an inside okay. base or yeah. inside joke there. But uh anyway, uh yeah, yeah that, that's inside. my choice though for, for Wunderkind or uh, Matt, second. what's your, what do you think? What's your favorite child, Matt? <laughs> uh th- <laughs> thought a lot about this. Um I, I kind of thought about Hansen, but I, I don't know that that they are yeah. are um, prodigious enough to. Uh, are you a Hanson fan? You have h- high standards. Hanson are talented. I, I mean, I, I I like, you know, I, I think they're they're fine, but but I don't know that not all kins are wunderkins. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, finally, um, you know, thought a little bit more about it. Uh, I did listen to some of, uh, uh, middle of nowhere, uh, the, the Han- the debut Hanson record, but, uh, settled on, uh, little Stevie wonder, ah, uh, Lil. who, uh, was born in 1950 and, uh, by the age of 20, he was the, the youngest artist to, uh, top a billboard chart uh i mean how can how can anyone not like stevie wonder up songs like uptight uh for once in my life yesterday yester excuse me yester me yester you yesterday all recorded uh and released as a teenager and also um while he was playing the chitlin circuit uh which uh also featured um artists like little richard and um Wilson Pickett. These were uh, a, a series of clubs in the South that would uh, that would book uh, black artists. While uh, releasing his own successful singles uh, and touring, he also happened to write "Tears of a Clown" uh, for Smokey Robinson, uh, another number one hit. So, before he was twenty, he was already a phenomenon. And then, of course, uh, you know, went on to make some amazing uh, albums in the seventies and 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 beyond. So uh, I, I don't know that you get more wonderful than little Stevie Wonder. Could, could you imagine being Smokey Robinson and like buying a song from a child? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was already creatively bankrupt by that point. I don't know. I, don't know I was trying. Was I know that Smokey Robinson has has written a bunch of you know really you know well known classic Motown songs, yeah. and, and and I you know, I sure. just can't think of any off the top of my head. I. I, I was taking some notes and um, almost m- mistook Tears of a Clown for Tracks of My Tears, which I think is one of those ones that Smokey Robinson uh, wrote, but that's that's right. another one of those uh, great Motown tunes. Kind of uh, foreshadowing for this season, we might talk about selling songs to Smokey Robinson later this season on Discographology. Uh. It's a hint oh. at a future episode, possibly. I don't even know what you're talking about. Way... This season on <laughs> discographology. Right. We need like a teaser. Way down the line. Um, uh, Blake. Pure That's Moods, Volume 2. Pure Moods, Volume I thought about Stevie two. Wonder. That's I actually found, uh, apparently I have the case for a Pure <laughs> Moods CD in my garage. No CD, though. They, they ended up making a lot of those, I think. Put one in my garage it, somehow. There's a whole series of the whole pure series. Anyway, we shouldn't get into that. Yes. Um, 
So I know that people... People think that I'm going to do a certain thing and I'm not going to do what everybody thinks I'm going to do. So I'd like to highlight. What do you, th- uh, what do you ch- think that I think that yeah. you're going to do? Pe- Why are you assuming? What do you think that you think that I think that you think I'm going to do? Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to actually give props to a duo, a brother sister team of Wunderkinds, not Meg since- White and Jack White. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Kissing siblings is what they called them. Um, Not since the Carpenters or the Osmonds or the Jackson 5. I don't know. There's a a long, great tradition of sibling teams. So I would like to bring to your attention Phineas O'Connell and Billie Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell, commonly known as Billie Eilish. That is not what I thought you were going to do. Shock! What did you th- What did you think I was gonna <laughs> I'm do? That's what I thought you were gonna do. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I ran. I honestly, I didn't have any other other ideas. If they're your favorites, they're your favorites. I'm gonna. Well, I'm probably never gonna get to do this artist's discography, so it's a whatever. So the truncated version is, I'm the kid who wrote his uh, report five minutes before handing it in. Of course, both Billy and Phineas were were playing instruments uh, basically out of the womb. They're from a creative L.A. family and so forth. Billy wrote her first real song at age 11 for her mother's songwriting class, and apparently it was about the zombie apocalypse, and it was inspired by the television series The Walking Dead. First of all, imagine being 11 and The Walking Dead, the TV show, is your inspiration. <laughs> oh, man. It makes me um, feel ancient, by the way, that you're like, she wrote it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So she was born she was born December 18, 2001. Imagine being born after September 11th. <laughs> I, I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, if um, I can avoid n- it. Her brother, Phineas, her, her longtime producer, is four years older. So when she was 13, I guess that would have made him 17, um, together they collabed on a song called Ocean Eyes. This is this is the 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 rock and roll pop legend. Okay, it happened in 2016, but it's it's already like the stuff of urban legend. Ocean Eyes went up on SoundCloud one night, and somehow they were o- overnight famous or SoundCloud famous. I'm still trying to track down how exactly it works because. You know, a billion people upload their songs to SoundCloud every day. What what makes one get... It's Of course, it's a great song, but there's a million great songs that get uploaded to SoundCloud every day. <laughs> I don't know what factors led to Ocean Eyes blowing up and getting millions of hits um, seemingly overnight. But anyway, it led to a career. She did her first EP, Don't Smile at Me, when she was, let's see, in 2017... She would have been, she was around 15. And you know, the rest is history. Basically, what I want you to do is I want to watch, I want you to watch the two and a half hour documentary called The World's a Little Blurry, Billie Eilish, a film by R.J. Cutler. It's really fucking good. It's half half concert film and half, you know, just invading this teenager's life with a camera. Well, she and her family filming themselves. And uh, you get a, a really good idea of, of what makes this family different from like a Britney Spears family or from like a, a the Jackson family. 
um, and, and all that goes into the, the family affair that is uh, propelling these young folks' careers into the stratosphere. And uh, I'm excited to watch it, and I'm also scared for, you know, for what may happen next. No more, no more Britneys, please. And by that, I mean the bad things that happened to Britney. Not to bring the mood down or anything. Yeah, they took a decidedly dark pick. turn there. I didn't. Uh... I'm just saying. Look, look, free Britney. Did anybody else see that Britney miniseries? <laughs> it's it's the... horrible. It's it's awful I, shit. I, I think I must have missed it. I, 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 I was okay. aware of it and have not caught it yet, but know that uh, th- there's a receivership involved, and and it's yes. just a bad situation all around. Britney Spears also a wonderkind. Uh, Is she? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's she started when she was in in her early teens. With, um, with Ryan Gosling, that was almost mine. I, where the, Ryan Gosling was your wonderkin. I thought about Brittany. Ryan Gosling of Dead Man's Bones. Were they both Bones? on Mickey Mouse Club? Yeah, he I think was, he was. Like, yeah, he was a dancer on like the Canadian Star yeah. Search or something anyway, when he was a kid. She's being abused by her awful, awful father. It's a whole thing. Watch, there's a New York Times thing on it. But the Check documentary is good, right? It's it's wonderful. You could say. Yes, da, das good, das good. I don't know, das boot. It's it's Log- Logan's going to tell us about his uh, favorite. Logan, who's your favorite child prodigy? Genius. Oh, jeez. Okay, well, um, it's not Ryan Gosling. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, uh, no, I I had a little trouble with this one. So at first, um. I didn't really know what to do. Josh and I had kind of talked and he he had mentioned uh, Brian Wilson and I thought, oh yeah, that's a really good one because I think he was about 19 when he uh, wrote his first song for Beach Boys. Uh, Someone correct me on that if I'm wrong. So he was a a good candidate. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go there though, like from my own personal experience because I I think that's where I had to kind of go to navigate this. So... You have to understand, again, growing up in, you know, the middle of Missouri uh, in the late 80s and early 90s, I was just subjected to whatever I heard on the radio, saw on TV, heard in commercials, or, you know, whatever kids were talking about at school. So I had a limited scope, um, but I was a a big Michael Jackson fan. Um, I was huge into Michael Jackson, and I think he is ultimately, in, in my eyes, kind of like the epitome of it because i mean his whole childhood was you know he was doing pretty well um but being forced into it that's we all know the story of michael jackson and i'm not here to debate on you know the merits of his uh you know i'm here talking about his music and when he was a kid i believe he was definitely a wunderkind but what i uh, really want to go with is what Corey Feldman. what I was really into also when I was a kid were uh, a couple other kids that were maybe barely older than I was or about the same age. Uh, but, you know, Chris Mac, Daddy Kelly and Chris Daddy <laughs> Mac Smith. It's Chris a good Cross. Choice. That makes because sense. Because okay. think okay. about this. Okay. It's it's debatable on 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 talent. Okay, talent is a subjective thing, but how would you like to be twelve or thirteen years old, hanging out with your friends at the mall, and then here comes a, a bright-eyed, optimistic twenty-one-year-old Jermaine Dupree, and <laughs> recognize just looks at these kids and just says, "Hey, they're going to be stars. I'm going to make these two guys, you know, stars." Yeah. 
and did. And they went on to have, you know, a gold and platinum albums at 12 and 13 years old and have been referenced by, you know, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Tupac, Method Man. And I mean, I mean it's kind of crazy. And we all know yeah. the aesthetic of their uh, their totally crossed out look, backwards jeans. I mean, it was just a whole it was a whole phenomena. And I think that just kind of add, added to it. Um, but yeah, I, I loved that uh, first Criss Cross album um, as a kid and wore it out. It was probably because of that damn jump rope team. Um, <laughs> I forgot about the jump rope team. But uh, <laughs> they appeared callback. in a, a Michael Jackson video, I remember, uh, for Jam uh, with Michael Jordan. Um, but they were also in that in the Jam video. Huh. But, I didn't. Yeah. I don't uh, that and one. also, isn't Alanis Morissette? Does she count? Wasn't she on like uh, you can't say that on yeah. television or you can't do that on television? Yes. I I considered I Alanis that. Morissette. Well, I I think we could do a whole <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on Star Search alums, oh my <laughs> God. and or uh, Mickey Mouse Club alums because it, uh, Christina Aguilera, uh, Jessica yeah, Simpson, Timberlake. yeah, T Timberlake, um, lots and lots of. Uh, of uh, stars to come out of that. We should, we could also talk about the Disney Channel pipeline, which <laughs> most recently has given us Olivia Rodrigo. I uh, I like her album. I, I do think dropped. people don't want anything more than to hear four thirty five year old men talk about the Disney yeah. <laughs> the Disney yeah. pipeline of young stars. <laughs> yep, that's what the people are clamoring for right now. So yeah, okay. that's 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 a good handful of Wonderkins. Four great Wonder children. So should I go on to the artists that we're going to? Yeah, start with? what do we do? Yeah, what are we going to talk about next week? Who is our so, Wonderkin? First, what is episode? Right. The artist that we're doing. She learned piano at age eight. She wrote songs and wrote in her diary uh, from from that point up until. Uh, 15 or 16 when she started writing the things that would become her first album that dropped at the tender age of 18. Uh, I'm talking about Fiona Apple, ah. a personal favorite artist of mine and the first subject of season two of Discographology. I hope you'll join us because it will be a fun ride, I think. Definitely. All right. It's going to be wiggity, 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 whack. <laughs> <laughs> Put them clothes and on backwards. Uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, her, her, you know, her number one single jump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I will say I've got some things to say about, uh, you know, crisscross is very 90s. I have some things to say about the 90s-ness of Fiona Apple's yes. first album title. Then, which is the album we'll be talking about next week. Well. I really, yeah. So title will be the first episode. And I really hope you like hearing us talk about the 90s because I know we go to the 90s well a lot. But yeah, there is some 90s shit is about to happen. The great thing about her is that her career is long and illustrious and uh, it keeps getting better in my opinion and is, is great to this day. So we'll get there. Nice. All right. Join us, won't you? Thanks for coming <laughs> back, by the way, and not... Not abandoning us between seasons. Yes. Appreciate you all. We're glad to be back and uh, be on, on to our, our new season. And we'll be joining you uh, every Wednesday. Looking inside your window. Waving to you. Um, <laughs> Lingering so outside your house. Holding shirts up. saying, please Holding shirts. Your... Please buy us. <laughs> buy us. Bye. Right. Doing. Well, bye, uh, bye. Yeah, Instagram. Listen, listen to title. Go listen to title. Listen to so title. you're ready for next week. 
That's your homework to prepare for next episode. Go to Instagram at more of that presents. Go to Twitter at discograph pod. Can I talk about, should I talk about my wife and I's podcast? You sure. absolutely sure. should talk about okay. your wife and your podcast. I didn't, I didn't want to overstep, but if you're a fan of, uh, of us talking about discographies, my, my, my wife and I are basically doing what is a, an offshoot of this podcast inspired by the things we do on this podcast. Um, but it's a podcast just about the discography of our favorite band, Nine Inch Nails, and the podcast is called Nailed. And it just launched, so check it out, please. Cool. That's well, all I got. We'll see you next week. Um, Remember to listen to music. Until next time, <laughs> don't forget. Oh, that's what to it listen is. To, don't it forget up. to listen to music. Is that it? Is that I what we say? It. Well, we only do it on actual episodes. Well, all right, but maybe I want to do it this time too. The, the sentiment bears repeating, so we'll we'll we'll, right. we'll say it to, to close out uh, close out the episode here as well. Shaking off the Okay. Rest. We're real rusty folks. It, it it'll only go up here uphill from here. <laughs> exactly. It can only get better. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye.